Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest lecture. This is the Large Adrenal Mass Pearls and Pitfalls. During the past few months at our weekly case conference, I've been showing a lot of adrenal cases that have been larger masses, and you recognize how difficult it is to make the diagnosis prospectively. There's lots of things that overlap, and there are challenges, but there are also certain pearls that really help you reach the right diagnosis. So what I'm gonna do in this set of lectures is look at the large adrenal mass and kind of work with you and try to figure out how good are we at really making the right diagnosis. So first of all, when I say a large adrenal mass, I'll say four centimeters or greater. Remember when we typically talk about adenomas, we talk about lesions that are under four centimeters that either measure under 10 Hounsfield units non-contrast or when they do enhance, they enhance to no more than 110 Hounsfield units and wash out more than 60% by 15 minutes. So in the large adrenal masses, I can think of things as benign, adenomas, cysts, myelolipomas, hemorrhage, pheochromocytomas, which are going to make the benign and malignant list since about 10% of pheos are considered malignant, and ganglioneuromas. I'll also think about malignant tumors, starting off with primary adrenal cortical carcinoma, which is rare, but that's the classic tumor. Then, of course, metastasis are more common. Primary adrenal lymphoma or adrenal lymphoma as part of a multi-organ involvement. The pheochromocytomas, which, as I mentioned, are malignant in 10% of cases. And the rare adrenal sarcoma. So those are the things we're thinking about. Now, when I look at an adrenal mass, 4CM or even under 4CM, you consider other things. What's the clinical history? Is the patient cushionoid? Well, then you're thinking about a primary adrenal carcinoma. Does the patient have a history of lymphoma? Is this an incidental finding? Or is it clinical symptoms? Those all become very important, whether you're dealing with masses under 4CM, but especially in masses over 4CM. When I look at the lesion, what are we going to look at? We're going to look at size. Size can be helpful. Most adrenal carcinomas are larger, but they can be as small as three centimeters, particularly if the patient is having a hyperfunctioning type presentation. We look around the adrenal gland. Is the tumor infiltrating borders or is it very sharp? Is it unilateral or bilateral? Bilateral, we think of lymphoma, we think of metastasis, rather than, say, primary adrenal carcinoma or simple cysts. We look at an enhancement pattern. Is it very vascular? Then you think about something like pheo or perhaps metastatic renal cell carcinoma, or is it hypovascular? Does it have calcification? If it has calcification, where are the calcifications? Centrally or around the periphery? Around the periphery, you think about old hematomas. Centrally, particularly coarse calcifications, you're thinking about things like neuroblastoma or primary adrenal cortical carcinoma. And of course, are there extra adrenal findings? If you see bulky adenopathy of this liver and splenic lesions and maybe renal lesions, then it's easy to be thinking of a process such as uh, lymphoma. If you see a mass in the kidney, you're thinking about metastasis from the kidney. So the extra adrenal findings, whether they're in the abdomen or in the chest, can indeed be very, very important. 
Now, I looked through the literature, and there was a good review, and there are always a great reviews from the Mayo Clinic, because they always have big numbers, and they're really good at keeping their numbers. So look at some of the numbers. 4,085 patients with adrenal tumors, 700 or 17% had masses over 4 centimeters. Half of these were women with a median age of about 59 years and an average tumor size or median tumor size of 5.2 centimeters. Underlying diagnosis, the third of the cases were adenomas, 22% with pheos, 16% other benign tumors, Adrenal cortical carcinomas were 13%, and other malignant tumors were 18%. So 13 plus 18 is 31, though about a third of the cases were malignancies, which means two-thirds of the larger tumors were not malignancies. The prevalence of malignancy in patients with adrenal tumors of 4CM or greater was 31%. Older age, male sex, non-incidental mode of discovery, large tumor size, and higher unenhanced CT attenuation or associated with increased risk for malignancy. Clinical context should guide management of patients with tumors over 4CM. Now, one thing I also remember with the Mayo Clinic, and you also know the Mayo Clinic is in Rochester, Minnesota. They're in the middle of nowhere, and I mean that as a compliment, but they have a lot of referrals to them. So sometimes their numbers are a bit on the high side in terms of where malignancies are. So less than one-third of all large masses are going to be malignant. That's kind of a good thing to remember. Some other facts from their article, compared with benign tumors, malignant tumors were less frequently diagnosed incidentally, were larger, and had higher unenhanced CT values. On multivariate analysis, older age, male sex, non-incidental mode of discovery, larger size, and higher unenhanced CT attenuation, were all found to be statistically significant predictors of malignancy. And that, of course, makes sense. You know, when you're a patient 75 years old and they have a large mass, you're always going to worry more about malignancy. And the numbers from the Mayo study really uh, show this to be very much correct. Again, some of the comments, there are important differences in presentation and risk factors for primary adrenal cortical carcinoma versus other tumors most notably sex, age of diagnosis, and the presence of bilateral tumors. So again, one of the things to remember is primary adrenal cortical carcinoma is a unilateral mass. It's often younger patients, but again, uh, when we think about bilateral masses, then you're thinking about meds, you're thinking about pheochromocytomas, which are bilateral in 10% of cases, and you may be thinking of other processes. Um, so important thing to remember. And here's just um, some of the comments they made about things they looked at, tumor size over 6 cm, unenhanced CT attenuation greater than 10 or greater than 20. So you can see some of the key factors from their analysis. And of course, in this analysis, they left out pheochromocytomas. So that indeed becomes important. Now, in this article, 22% of patients had pheochromocytomas, but as we've spoken about previously, about half of them were incidental findings. So we always used to think about pheos, patients with hypertension, but that's not the case. It's often patients who have incidental findings, and that indeed is very, very important. One of the challenges, whether it's over 4CM or under 4CM, is that pheos can wash out very quickly. So remember the rule, 
Theos will wash out 60% or greater. So a lesion that enhances over 120 Hounsfield units, surely above 130, is essentially always going to be a pheochromocytoma rather than a relatively vascular uh, adenoma. Of course, metastatic renal cell can enhance just like pheos, though they don't wash out quite as frequently. Again, uh, one of the things going back to this article, and I really wanted to cover this article because it really gives you a good feel of what you're thinking about when you're looking at tumors. And their point is, we recommend that the management of patients with large adrenal tumors should be individualized to the patient's circumstances and presentation, taking into account age, sex, mode of discovery, imaging phenotype, rate of tumor growth, hormonal activity, and comorbidities. An active or previously diagnosed extra adrenal malignancy should raise the suspicion for metastasis. So that's nothing very brilliant in this quote from the article, but it's very practical in what all of us indeed would be thinking about. Now, they also make the point that is true in our experience as well, that large tumors are frequently incidental findings. Again, one third or so will be malignant, Two-thirds will be non-malignant tumors, but there are a range of findings. We typically like to think of adenomas as the most common incidental finding of an adrenal mass, and that's indeed true, but most of those are over four centimeters. But it's important to remember that even when you see larger tumors, at least two-thirds of them are going to indeed be benign. Now, in patients without prior malignancy, size alone was a highly sensitive indicator of adrenal cortical carcinoma in one study. But again, um, high sensitivity, but a lower specificity. The likelihood of adrenal cortical carcinoma increases as the size increases. Obviously, if you have a large mass that's 10 centimeters and it's irregular, has dystrophic calcification, has irregular enhancement, is vascular, that's going to be a primary adrenal cortical carcinoma. But as I'll show you, many of the carcinomas we see are smaller, many have smoother margins, and sometimes they are difficult to diagnose, though in my experience, it's usually not that difficult to do. Now, when you look at adrenal masses, they do make the point, again, with contrast scans, necrosis, irregular margins, heterogeneous appearance, and the absence of fat have been associated with malignancies. A third of these tumors will have some calcification. Tumor morphology may more reliably indicate adrenal cortical carcinoma than contrast washout, owing to the heterogeneity within a given lesion. And I've never seen an adrenal cortical carcinoma that has a washout that would confuse you with a pheo or confuse you with a adenoma. So that's typically not going to be a problem. The most predictive characteristic was pre-contrast attenuation. Lesions that were under 10 Hounsfield units were essentially always going to be benign, and the lowest pre-contrast attenuation for adrenal cortical carcinoma was 18. So that rule that goes way back for 20 years or so, non-contrast scans, well-defined lesions, under 10 Hounsfield units are benign. Okay, very, very simple. Obviously, people often speak about fat in adrenal cortical carcinomas, though the only time I've seen fat is when the tumors are large and aggressive and invading the perirenal fat. So I don't worry about that. When I see fat in a lesion, it's typically going to be a myelolipoma. And I'll show you some of those as well. So this article, I think it's worthwhile reading. 
They talk about things, again, presence of fat, highly specific for benign pathology. Uh, attenuation was both more specific and had higher inter-observer agreement, indicating maybe the best indicator of the underlying pathology. And again, further study is needed to uncover additional findings that can help us. And hopefully in this talk, I'm going to cover many of these findings. Again, some of the decision-making is, do you need to operate or not? Can you follow the lesion or do you need to resect it? If you need to resect it, if I think it's benign, like maybe an old hematoma or a myelolipoma that's over a certain size, remember 5 cm or greater, people will operate because of the risk of bleeding in the future. But when you know it's benign, you could do it laparoscopically. If you think it's malignancy, you'll do it as an open procedure. Open has a much higher and longer recovery time than a laparoscopic procedure. So that's a very important thing. And we wrote an article about that, Jason Prescott, uh, just a couple of years ago with Steve Rose. So a very important thing to remember. So let's now look at some of the specific uh, entities. And let's go through them. We'll look at their key findings and some of their challenges. Adrenal cysts. It's a benign lesion with no malignant potential. It's typically water density, homogeneous, usually without septations, but occasionally has septations. And adrenal cysts can grow slowly over time. Many benign adrenal lesions, adrenal cysts, adrenal adenomas, and myelolipomas can grow. So if you have scans over a few years and lesions grow, do not worry. That is not a sign of malignancy. And just some examples here on the non-contrast and on the arterial phase, water density, it does not change between uh, the non-contrast and contrast, or at least it doesn't change by more than 10 Hounsfield units because often you get some beam hardening with contrast. Just a very nice example in the coronal of a well-defined simple cyst. Remember on the right side, as you have larger lesions, it pushes against the liver, maybe displaces the kidney downward. Don't confuse it with a primary hepatic tumor. Another example here, incidental finding on a non-contrast study, water density. From these images, I couldn't tell you if it was kidney or adrenal, but this talk is adrenal. And in the coronal view, you very nicely see the patient's adrenal lesion. Here it is as I do some volume rendering. And 3D can be very helpful. Surely at a minimum, multiplanar, particularly coronal, is very valuable. It should be done in all cases. Sagittals are also very valuable, particularly with larger masses. And here's that same patient with contrast. The lesion does not enhance. The wall looks good. There's no nodularity. There's no septations. And here it is as you go from the early phase to later phase imaging, the lesion essentially does not change or changes less than 10 Hounsfield units. And here it is in coronal perspective. Another example, here's a case where there's a very faint calcification in the wall of the cyst, and that indeed is not uncommon. When I see very coarse calcifications or extensive calcifications, then I'm thinking about a calcified cyst. But here, this is a benign process, again, Nothing to worry about, no need for resection, just simply an incidental finding. And here's a few more images. And I'm going to show you lots of images in this lecture so you get a feel of how the lesion looks in various phases. Now, here's an example of coarse calcification. Now, 
What could this be? I guess I would have thought with this calcification, it's probably an old hematoma. Well-defined lesion, wall calcifications, I'm not thinking about a primary neoplasm. I'm not thinking about a pheo. I'm not thinking about metastasis. I know it's a cyst. But it was large. The patient had some vague pain. And this was removed laparoscopically. And it was a calcified adrenal lesion, which was an endothelial cyst a classic benign lesion of the adrenal gland. But again, look at that really nice coarse calcification. The image on your right is with volume rendering. I'm always impressed how those images kind of look like the globe of the world. But again, coarse calcification, I think the best you could say it's benign. I still would have favored a uh, old bleed because of the coarse calcifications. But I learned from this case that you should at least mention the cyst, endothelial cyst. Now, one thing to remember about cysts, occasionally over time when cysts get large enough, they can bleed and perhaps maybe that's why they have wall calcification. But again, I think you can be comfortable in this case knowing you're dealing with a benign lesion. But again, if patients are symptomatic, the surgeons will do laparoscopic surgery and remove the lesion. And that's something that you're going to see with all adrenal masses. When they get large enough, they sometimes cause symptoms and they simply will be removed, not because of concern for malignancy, but because of the patient's symptomatology. Now, typically we think about adenomas as benign lesions, but under 4CM. Remember, all our rules of washout, of attenuation, are for lesions that are under 4CM. Now, I will admit, when they're over 4CM, they can be more challenging. In contrast to carcinoma, adrenal adenomas are the most common adrenal tumors. They're usually small and not hormonally active. What under 4CM, 70% have intracytoplasmic lipids and measure less than 10 Hounsfield units on non-contrast CT, so they can easily be diagnosed as benign. In the lipid poor minority, a benign washout pattern can be diagnostic. Unfortunately, atypical adenomas can be large and heterogeneous with areas of hemorrhage, calcification, and cystic degeneration. And in these cases, there can be significant imaging overlap with carcinoma. And that is just a really good statement. You look at this lesion on the left, it's not water density, so we don't know what it is. So when you look with contrast, it looks like there's some rim enhancement. It looks like a solid mass with rim enhancement. Well, it's not a pheo, it's not vascular enough, but you can't call this an adenoma. We went through a differential. This ended up being resected. You have a thickened wall. Could it be an early cancer, perhaps? Maybe. Can it be some atypical lesion, um, ganglioneuroma? Those are usually lower density. So this was resected and was an adenoma, and a typical appearance of an adrenal adenoma. Or this case, look at this large lesion in the right adrenal. It looks solid. There's some rim enhancement to it. You have to worry, even though this lesion is homogeneous, could this be a primary adrenal carcinoma? It's a really large solid mass with areas of enhancement. Now, when I see puddling around the edge of the lesions, I could consider adrenal hemangioma. We've had several cases of that, but I think in this case, solid mass, you're still going to worry about carcinoma. There's no way you can call this a benign lesion. I would worry about malignancy. It's sharply marginated. Perhaps you can do laparoscopic surgery for this, which was done. But it's a solid mass with vascularity. 
Again, this puddling, I have learned because now I've seen a few more cases and I would have suggested, could this be a hemangioma, at least in my differential? But this patient, uh, all the lab values were normal. The patient had no known primary, had no symptoms but pain. This was a 10.5 centimeter adrenal cortical adenoma. Again, I would have thought about carcinoma. There's no doubt. This is probably the biggest adenoma I think I've seen, but just a really good teaching case. What it really teaches me is that this case going forward, I still would not have called it an adenoma. You just can't do that. Another example here. This was an incidental finding. You look at that lesion. It looked at first, maybe it was from the kidney, but it's an enhancing lesion. You know, pheochromocytoma is a great possibility. You see it nicely on the coronal. That's a thought. Could this be a MET? Had no known primary. Could this be a primary adrenal cortical carcinoma? Can it be a funny benign lesion like a hemangioma, but it's not puddling? This to me is worrisome. I still think I would probably favor pheo in this but I would not leave this alone. This was resected, it was an adenoma. Again, what a vascular adenoma. So now I've shown you three cases which are adenomas, but you really could never make the diagnosis. Another patient here, this patient had Cushing's, and you see the lesion in the left adrenal again, very similar to the case before. You can see it's attenuation up to 115. Again, you would be thinking pheo, the lab values were negative, but there's no way with this lesion's appearance, with the lack of really good washout, with its solid nature and non-contrast, I would have to worry about this lesion and surely I cannot brush it off as a benign lesion. And you know, just the way it sits by the adrenal, I would have picked a pheo, but it wasn't a pheo. Now the third lesion I wanna discuss are metastasis. But let's do this. Let's take a break here and come back in a couple minutes. I'll see you then. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.